Icon. Yeah. Two philosophers. Michelle. Modern day philosophy. With no fucking background in philosophy whatsoever. Hey, bullshit, motherfucker. Yeah, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Wasted Content, episode ninety. I am Anthropos, and I am Ozymandias. And it's fucking good to be back to it. It's been a minute. We've taken a little bit of a fucking leisurely fucking break from the project, but here we are, back to it, back to our fucking alcoholic ways. Yes. <laughs> with a wonderful lineup from Dogfish Head Brewing Company. Now, this is a brewing company that we featured here on the podcast before, and I love being able to just continuously bring them back. It's just awesome to see them still fucking cranking. Uh, These are motherfuckers that were like being, um, you know, just delivering ingenuity to the craft beer game 10, 15 years ago at this point. God damn, we're fucking old, Ozzy. You're old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A hearty... Uh, happy fucking new year to all of our listeners as well. Um, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be 2023. <laughs> <laughs> happy 2023. <laughs> uh, fuck yeah, dude. Let's get right into it. We have Dogfish Head. And for the first beer of today's lineup, we have Dogfish Head Brewing Company Campfire Amplifier. This is... A milk stout brewed with graham crackers, cinnamon, marshmallows with cocoa powder, and vanilla beans added. This guy comes in at a 6.5% ABV. Nothing to really read off of the labor here. Labor. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing to read off of the labor. God damn it. Retard. (laughs) Off the bat. (laughs) Retard. (laughs) All it says is... Off-centered art series featuring Ryan Besh, whoever the fuck that is. Um, On the label, we have some kind of fucking weird-ass motherfucking rock concert going on by like a demonic fucking donkey fox with a melting marshmallow upside down looking like some kind of fucking um, sick, twisted uh, 1930s uh, Disney Mickey Mouse style fucking um, caricatures. Like something out of Pinocchio in the fucking, the fucking, what the fuck is that land they go to? The island? I can't remember it's what like the mischief fuck. mischief island or some bullshit yes, like that? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. It totally looks like that. We got some like beautiful big flames coming out of a of an amp that's titled Dogfish. Um, yeah, we got some cool label, uh, got some cool labor art right here. Um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's fucking cool. I love to see brewing companies. Uh, go at it at a campfire stout because there is a perennial campfire stout out there um, by High Water Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. They've kind of nailed that. Yeah, and they also reposted ours, so our pictures. So they did. They, hey, they did. <laughs> Fuck yeah, they did. They Shout shared out to it. High Water. Hey, High Water Brewing Company, what's up, guys? Um, yeah, so I, I really like that. You know, High Water has kind of set the fucking bar for this. Um, flavor profile for this beer for this beer style this genre of beer but 
I respect Dogfish Head and what they're able to do with craft beer. And I kind of have a feeling that we're in for a, a, a cool treat, something that's right along the lines of, um, or right out the alley of like winter beer, mm. something for cold weather, something that's going to be really warming and it's going to warm your soul. So I think we got a little bit of that and we're about to get on with the pour and see what we got here. Let's get with the pour. Alrighty, we have the campfire amplifier poured out for us. This is again uh, milk stout, and it is in the style of a campfire stout. So whenever you have this, and and I think that's like the unofficial name for this kind of genre of beer. Uh, I think whenever you have a uh, stout that's bragging about having graham crackers and marshmallows and chocolate in it, mm. you're you're going for a campfire stout. Maybe you don't want to fucking say it because again. High Water Brewing Company kind of dominates when it comes to that. Of <laughs> um, mention, uh, High Water has since made an Imperial version. No shit. Yes, sir. And full disclosure, uh, I completely intended to have this Dogfish Head Campfire rendition. Uh, I, I intended to save it so that we can feature a full lineup of Campfire Stout beers. Okay. Because... I know that there's a few others that are doing it. Uh, there's one that's doing it, and how? Um, fucking uh, Tioga Sequoia Brewing Company. Mm, Toyota Tacoma. Of, yes, Toyota Tacoma <laughs> Brewing <Yeah>. Company. <laughs> um, out of Northern Cal- uh, California. I can't remember exactly where they are. Sequoia, but it's like probably. S- some, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, it sounds about right. Uh, they do a, whisk, a whiskey barrel age version of a campfire stout, and they're doing awesome shit. But at the same time, I didn't find enough brewing companies kind of really, really going for the style. So I thought it better to be featured in a lineup of what Dogfish Head is doing. So with that in mind, we're going to get into this. Uh, we're going to go into a Dogfish Head campfire stout with uh, full attention and full fucking heartiness. Here we go. Let's see what we got. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Now, we completely skipped on the look of this beer. It looks like a fucking stout. Um, the head has like medium staying power. Um, I wouldn't say that it's giving you this like full rockiness and it's also not dissipating immediately. It's kind of sticking around, but it's uh, maybe about like a quarter inch layer on top of the beer. It's got like a beautiful tan head. Uh, the beer itself is um, a little dark, but not something that you can completely see past at 6.5 ABV. I didn't think that this was going to be fucking through the roof. And um, I'm going to take, I'm just going to enjoy another sip. Completely skipped smelling notes as well. Yeah, we did. Um. Am I getting much on the nose? The same. There's like some like metallic-y smell to it, which is kind of weird because it's coming out of a fucking bottle. Like usually we explain this out of a can. Yeah. It's like, okay, maybe it was a fucking aluminum. Correct. But I don't know what it is. Um, I'll also disclose that um, these have been stored for approximately six to eight months, but they have been in the stored. In of your car? 
<laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but, but they have been sorted in an upright position, so okay. there's not this like, oh, the cap. Like there wasn't contact with a cap. And I only mention this because I too am getting a very metallic-y, like coppery kind of mm-hmm. smell to it. Um, we already like skipped ahead and went for the taste, so not a lot given off of the nose except for like this like metallic copperish um, smell. Um, there's like a little bit of a malt presence on the nose, but skipping forward to the taste because we already did so, that metallic essence is also coming through on the palate. Just a bit, yeah. Like uh, right at the finish of the beer, you get some of that metallic-y, like copperish taste. Yeah. Um, it's missing a lot of the chocolate, a lot of the graham cracker. Hmm. I I get marshmallow. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that flavor profile, but it hasn't been done in a way that it's gonna really kind of like fucking push that flavor profile forward it's just kind of like around the edges of your palate you're getting this like general creaminess like if you had like the slightest dollop of uh what is that shit called jet puff the 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 the, the cream marshmallow have you seen that shit no it comes in a fucking jar bro really yeah it's like a fat ass's fucking uh, enemy it's a, a fat ass's arch nemesis i mean I don't know. I'm fat. <laughs> yeah, and I love the fucking smell of marshmallows, but I hate the taste. Okay, it's well, just, eh. let me. Okay, well, fuck. You hate the taste. Like I can't. Oh. I don't know. There's just something. The the fucking smell of it way surpasses the taste and the texture of it for sure. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna talk about the texture of it. Mm. I'd say my biggest trouble is the texture, and I'd say that the probably probably the best part of a marshmallow is the the fucking melty charred bits of it when you put it up against the fire okay those are like the best part of it and then you kind of have to like okay fat ass child memory fucking unlocked i would fucking toast it and i would pull that fucking charred marshmallowy skin off that shit away (laughs) it was fucking charred absolutely not no i would love that and eat it and then i would i would put that freshly stripped fucking gelatinous marshmallow bit left okay back into the fire so it could char again fat ass childhood memory unlocked yes i would char it yes and then you gotta blow out that fucking (laughs) fire on the fucking marshmallow (laughs) yeah you get that charred piece of it and you toss that you fucking animal and then you put the fucking melty gooey shit yeah on the s'more Okay, all right. I need that. Oh, you're a fucking piece of shit. No, I don't want to eat fucking charcoal. <laughs> I fucking love it. If if it's like about making marshmallows, that whole goddamn charred fucking marshmallow is going into Get the, the s'more. Fuck out of Absolutely. here! Absolutely, fucking. <laughs> you know what? I think this is Heathen. gonna. I think that this is this might start a fucking <laughs> um a, a discussion here, a disagreement. Amongst I'm going to say more people listeners. are on board with me if they're selling a liquefied marshmallow. I want to hear about this, actually. Um, I'm going to make it a point to include this in our write-up for this episode. Mm-hmm. For the write-up for episode 90, we're going to we're gonna encourage our listeners to uh, tell us, how do you make your marshmallow or how do you make your s'mores? Yep. Do you leave the charred bits in? Do you eat the charred bits or do you throw those away and discard them mm. like a fucking, like an animal, you know? <laughs> 
Uh, no, I totally loved it. I totally loved the crispy You're burnt. Disgusting. Too. Yeah. And I loved it so much that I'd peel it and eat it. Taste buds, bro. <laughs> I'd peel it and eat it and then burn it again. You probably use that it. shit to brush your teeth. Or tar pieces. <laughs> the fuck? Um, no, I love it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, just if you're not um, aware of it, um, I'm probably going to be adding another 50 pounds to your mass by telling you, <laughs> <laughs> by telling you that there is a fucking cream puff jar and it's marshmallow and it's liquefied form. So that's what I'm saying. There's more people on board with me in that case. I if suppose they like the so. liquefied jelly-ish, like marshmallow, marshmallow yeah. melted yeah. yeah, that shit's fucked up, bro. Like, truly. I've never I, seen, well, I've seen charcoal on the fucking shelves, I guess. You know, like yeah. powdered charcoal. <laughs> yeah. Powdered charcoal. Yeah. They've been adding that shit to everything nowadays. <laughs> um, yeah, I I just, um, I, I think that uh, this beer kind of has like a dollop of this like jet puff marshmallow cream is mm-hmm. what it's called. But not enough to really drive it home. And it's it's a little disappointing because we're talking about Dogfish Head. Yeah. The, the people that were like at the forefront of mastering fucking craft beer in its essence. It's a little underwhelming. It is. Considering, well, I think it, ah, fuck. They're, unfortunately, we're having this now. Yeah. After we've had a billion different types of craft beers. Correct. That featured marshmallows so fucking well. Correct. Kings Brewing yeah. Company. Shout yeah. out to Kings Brewing. Oh, shit. Marshmallow is incredible in that. Uh, even the Campfire Stout from High Water Brewing is incredible in that. But here I think what the marshmallow is missing is some of the vanilla. Some of the sweetness. There's no sweetness imparted here whatsoever. Correct. It really does. I think that it comes across as a milk stout yes. with all of these adjuncts. Um, on 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 the background in the background, um, I I kind of am guessing that this is what they intended. They intended for you to be able to enjoy a milk stout with these notes um, playfully dancing around in the background, and I think that they've achieved that. Um, in the same breath, like I I I I feel really fucking awful trying to speak badly about about dog yeah it's hard to (laughs) it really is so i'm i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and say that that's what they were going for a a milk stout a nice solid fucking milk stout that you could have two or three of um in the winter season maybe around a fucking campfire um maybe around a fucking bonfire over the holidays um and i'm gonna say that they achieved that but there's so much more room for the flavor profile to fucking just jump out of the glass. I mean, it's not bad at a 6.5% ABV. Correct. You're not expecting a full flavored beer at that point either. You're, you're expecting Correct. something minimal in style. And that's what they're giving you here. It's just a fucking mediocre fucking campfire style beer. Right. Unfortunately. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think um, our, our, our real criticism here comes not from... Uh, disbelief of what they're able to do it comes exactly because we know what the fuck they are able to do right, right. and we expected a little bit more from them yeah they set the standard too high for themselves yes they yeah. did yeah fucking i think they, they just pulled the fucking they pulled their foot off the pedal a little mm. bit on this one and <laughs> um that's not the way to go man you set precedent guys yeah. 
dogfish head um you guys do fucking genius things i think i'm ready to fucking get in with the fucking um rating for this um for the campfire amplifier i love the look of it um i gotta say uh, I don't know if this was intended or not, but your head gives off a graham cracker fucking honey color. Um, it, it, you know, your head is giving me this impression of graham cracker. Um, I would have cared for a little bit more in the fucking beer. Uh, there is an impression of marshmallow and there's certainly notes of chocolate here. Um, I know that you could have done better and I hope that you guys are willing to follow in high water brewing company's footsteps and bring us an imperial version of this with that said campfire amplifier dogfish head before you do that yes i want you to have another sip of it i don't know it tasted a little different letting it breathe letting it sit there for a bit letting the head fucking settle down letting it warm letting it warm it's not as metallic-y and it's not as bad as we were saying <laughs> it isn't the um, i hate this because um i caught this about a couple sips ago yeah it's warmed now in the glass and the sweetness is actually gone up now just a bit there's a lot more sweetness in here and a lot of those flavors that we're expecting are a bit more present as it's um warmed mm-hmm. as it's gotten closer to room temperature that's interesting the beer itself is evolving from what we had initially to where it's at now. It's only been a couple minutes. It hasn't been that fucking much time to say where it's going to change the fucking chemical structure of the beer with fucking oxygen. Right. But it's changed a bit. What the fuck? I think the temperature yeah. has a lot to do with that. I'm getting a little bit more of the <clears> chocolate. <throat> a little bit more graham cracker-esque. There's a little bit more bitterness from the coconut. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, um, it's it's kind of like becoming a little bit more full-bodied as it warms. Yeah. And I think that's of note, and I don't know if the intention is to go along with a campfire, you know, but I'm certainly experiencing the same thing you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for stopping me right before I fucking rate it, because in terms of its evolution to what we're enjoying now, four, five, six sips into it, it's rounded off a lot more. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give this. Uh, I'm gonna give this an eight in the milk oh, stout category. Okay. <clears throat> I completely enjoy the flavor profile. Like any milk stout that is ambitious enough to chase these adjuncts, I'm gonna enjoy thoroughly. Yeah. It's just a matter of how far can you take that. Mm. an eight for me okay i'm gonna give this a seven uh because it is a milk cell lactose is a fucking sugar bro i'm sorry yeah it needs to be a little bit sweeter it is sweeter than the initial tasting but it's not sweet enough to fucking call out marshmallow at this point fair um so seven for me it's still a solid fucking milk cell i i would gladly have this any other fucking day over a fucking campfire Oh, wow. Even over a, a campfire stout? No, no, no. Not Hard over water? a campfire stout. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Over a campfire. Over a campfire. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, yeah. Seven. Solid seven. Fair enough. Um, an eight from me, a seven from you. We're going to move on to 
our next beer, second beer of the podcast. Yeah, got a fucking question mark to the teleprompter. <laughs> next beer in the lineup is going to be Costumes and Karaoke from Dogfish Head Brewing Company. This is an imperial cream ale with turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, star anise, whatever the fuck that means, oats, uh, cardamom, whatever the fuck that means, with vanilla beans added, brewed and bottled by Dogfish Head Craft Brewery, blah, 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 Milton, Delaware. Interesting. In collaboration with Boston Beer Company. Interesting. Dogfish Head. Okay. Is this, Holy shit. Is this... The Boston Beer Company, which it is the Sam Boston Adams, Beer. Yeah, or? it is, dude. What in the fuck? Hold on, I'm looking at the campfire amplifier, and also, it says the same thing. It says in collaboration mm, with the Boston Beer no Company. There's no independent. Oh, there is. There is absolutely yeah. there is because the Boston Beer Company also independent. is independent as well, dude. I'm sorry, but <clears throat> did they buy Dogfish Head sometime? So I'm I'm actually like a little disappointed right now because um, if you didn't know and if our listeners didn't know already, we're letting the cat out of the bag oh. with this one. And um, we're letting the cat out of the bag way before I even fucking knew that this happened. Apparently, this has been a thing that's happened for a long time. And we're going to save that um, for the what? final beer of the lineup oh, okay. because... The final beer of the lineup is... Oh, my God. It fucking makes sense. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> what the I, fuck? I, this, I didn't know. Oh, my God. I didn't. I promise you I had no idea, dude. I haven't seen this anywhere. <laughs> this is fucking dope. <laughs> you heard it here first, I think. <laughs> Uh, or we heard it, we heard it here first. We did, yeah. yeah. Because um, I'm also gonna draw your attention to the bottle date of the uh, costumes and karaoke. Um, I have it right here in front of me. It was bottled September 28th, 2020. So this is already a, a two year aging on this, which is long, long further than what? I expected. In all fairness. 2021 was a complete fucking blur as was 2020. Yeah. It's just been a fucking mess of goddamn fucking shit. It doesn't matter what fucking um, line of work or what the fuck you've been doing for these past two years. The pandemic has somehow managed to like build a time machine where it just completely scrunched up time. And it's just like made these past two years seem like a goddamn fucking blink of an eye. Yeah, just yesterday I was at work. Just yesterday, there was none of this shit happening. Mm -hmm. There was none of this. And now you just, you walk around in the world with like masks and vaccines and fucking vaccine cards and presenting fucking your immunization records and Mm. crap. I mean, we did so before. We did that. We walked around. We well, not to, walked around with it, but people checked. Did people check that? Yeah, I remember clearly, like school checking our immunizations. Okay, that's fair. And we yeah. had a card that said we got this one and that one and this one and that one and this that, one. And that's that fair. One. That's yeah. fair. I never had to fucking present my immunization record mm-hmm. so that I could buy 
fucking Chinese food from a fucking rink-dink hole-in-the-wall Chinese food place in the middle of a fucking socioeconomically disadvantaged area with a fucking grating of a bee. Honestly, yeah, that's bullshit. I mean, (laughs) who the fuck are you, Chinese place? With the bee. You're the ones to blame. (laughs) With the fucking, what is it? The fucking, um, the the inspection people that... The China disease, yeah. No, the inspection people that grade you. What are they called? The city the health inspectors. The, the, yeah, the the, uh, the health health inspectors. Some <laughs> this place has a B rating, bro. Which, in all fairness, we know that that's where the tastiest food comes from. Mm. It's from the places with a B rating. It's my opinion. I wouldn't eat there. It's my opinion that the tastiest food comes no. from the pe- the places with a B rating. The places with the A rating taste too sterile, bro. No, it's just too it's, sterile. It's not about sterilization. There's, there's not enough, like... It's not about keeping... There's not enough, sterile. like, you know, just, fucking... You know, just wiping the mold off the... General dust and... The ice cubes sometimes. Hand dirt. It's not, you know, it's not... <laughs> Sneezing into the fucking... Yeah. Yeah. You just wash your hands when you exit the restroom. Um, there's not enough fucking... Um, uh, uh, keep, dick cheese. Just keep soap in the soap dispensers, <laughs> and you won't get lower than an A. There's not enough dick cheese in the in the A ratings. You, you know. know? Mm. <sighs> so Boston Beer Company, um, yeah, dude. What the fuck, bro? Holy, Holy shit. shit! Yeah. Holy shit! It makes so much fucking sense. You're gonna have to listen to the rest of the episode now. Unfortunately for you, yes. Um, so fucking cool yeah and this is like it's been in the works and um kind of almost and in, in on like uh, available to you to know but somehow still in the well, background under the radar yeah, yeah somehow still under the background like in the background they just snuck it past us um this is a fucking marriage um that was meant to be in and figaro 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 I Figaro. <laughs> some qua. Hey, Figaro. Figaro la, Figaro la su, Figaro ju, Figaro su. Fronte patissima, sobre el potolibon, sobre el tolitum, de la chita, de la chita, de la chita. I only know as much as Mrs. Doubtfire taught me. Miss uh, Miss Doubtfire taught me the whole goddamn thing. It was up to that point. And then Yeah, I don't know what that invokes it, but the marriage of Figaro. Oh guys. Stupid uncultured swine, bro. Holy fuck. <laughs> I thought it just I'm had in to the do wrong with fucking room here. Thought it just had to do with like a little parrot smoking a cigarette, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought that song was about. God. <laughs> I'm wasting my intellect here. The marriage of Figaro. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Precisely. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Some qua. Hey Figaro. <laughs> Dude, this is fucking dope. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh uh, a match made in the stars, and uh, we'll get a little bit more into that with our final beer. Yeah, for let's now, get into this beer. Yes, for now, okay. Imperial Cream Ale with turmeric and sarnies, whatever that means, and <laughs> Cardinal Lemon, whatever that means. What the fuck is sarnies? 
uh, it's a spice and um it's like a little like kind of like shell hole of a thing and it's kind of in the form of a star it has five points and you grind it up okay. and it's actually um very much more oriental in foods oh, okay, like it's used sense. more in the orient in foods yeah that makes sense yeah. I'm, I'm racist actually <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Okay, so this beer is poured out. It had a nice fucking head initially, and now it's kind of died down a bit. It's still sitting there on the surface of the beer. Uh, it's a nice white head. The beer is looking like it fucking should, like a nice creamy fucking ale. Well, it's looking like it has a lot more fucking body than your standard cream ale, which is what I'm expecting from the likes of Dogfish Head and apparently the Boston Beer Company. Get some smelling notes here. Yes, sir. Lovely, lovely, oh, lovely. Yes. Spices galore. <sighs> yeah, dude, it just smells super spicy. It it smells like it, it smells like fucking the holidays. It and smells like that star thing. The star anise. Yeah. Star anise, yeah. Totally it does. I get cinnamon, I get nutmeg. There's there's like a lovely waft of like creamy sweetness as mm-hmm. well that meets the nose. Like a creamy vanilla-esque. Precisely. And um, just of note, this is the first Imperial Cream Ale that we feature on the podcast. So fucking A, let's get right into it. Cheers. Cheers. To Juanita. To Juanita. Just a lot going on here. Never had a fucking cream ale that fucking tried to do any of this. There's so much spice here. It almost feels like a chai tea-esque. Yes. Beer. Yes. Um. The, the first thing that I wanted to fucking say was it tastes like a tea. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say that it's like chai. Um, I want to say that it's like chamomile. There's is there chamomile in here? I don't know. I didn't read chamomile. Uh, fucking a! It's just I'm getting some clove, some chai, some like a little bit of nutmeg. Yeah, dude. It says turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, star anise, oats, cardamom, vanilla bean. I don't know why, dude, but um, call me crazy. I'm getting fucking chamomile in here. Mm-hmm. Getting manzanilla. Getting that ginger up front. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful yep. fucking ginger. Yep. Mm. And it's doing the ginger thing completely and solely with a flavor profile. Not in this like, in this like pungent like punch that you kind of really think of when you think of ginger when you think of i don't know i don't know about you but when i think of ginger i think of like eating it like straight 
in its like fucking form. Like the pickled ginger? Correct. Like yeah. whenever you're having sushi and mm-hmm. you're just like biting into it and you're getting this like sweet and tart and then like punchy, bright, spicy. Um, this is doing so just completely with its flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Just it only in flavor profile. It's definitely that it's definitely where a lot of the spice is coming from is that gingerish gingerish taste some turmeric in there it's really interesting they're kind of like simultaneously on the tongue here the turmeric and the ginger which is kind of unique hmm it's really an odd beer and not saying that in the sense that it tastes bad it doesn't taste bad. I'm fucking thoroughly enjoying this. This is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, it really carries that cream ale essence in the body of the beer and the texture of it. Um, it's giving you this like um, like fullness. When it hits your tongue, it, it like immediately turns into like a froth. The, the carbonation is doing that for it too. Um, just looking at the beer, you can tell like by its unfiltered, uh, uh, I want to say light orange look, hue. You can tell that you're expecting something that's going to be like very flavorful. But very unlike any other beer that I've ever experienced in my life. Very unlike cream ales. Usually mm-hmm. when I hear cream ale, I'm expecting like a creamsicle, orangey, vanilla, lactose beer. Right? Mm-hmm. But this is more, like you mentioned earlier, like more of a tea. Yeah. It's like a tea with some lactose here. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's common practice to like dip, like especially if you're living in the fucking UK and Europe. A little British? Yeah. You just put a little milk in your tea, right? It's giving me that experience completely. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, no, I, I mean, leave it to Dogfish Head to um, go out of bounds and, bring, and put forth uh, a recipe that's unlike anything you've ever fucking had yeah leave it to boston to take the fucking british tea and just make it their own (laughs) nice nice (laughs) yeah dude this is weird and the evolution of the beer is long it's um it, it 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 rounds off sweet and those like spices stay on your tongue. Everything is there playing very well with each other. It's just, it's odd and I, I don't mind it at all. Yeah. It's a little reminiscent of that. Um, <clears throat> I think it's a black tea. We've had this uh, from Bourbon, Bourbon, uh, Bourbon County. County. Yeah. yeah. A little reminiscent of that. that Not was, as uh, sweet and saccharine, but that, that herbal tea like taste from it that's coming through is a little reminiscent of that. That was the uh um Bourbon County twenty twenty uh Kentucky Fog um a bourbon barrel imperial aged uh stout with Earl Grey tea and honey. Yeah, thanks, Savant. Uh, <laughs> sorry, thanks, Rain Man. Um, <laughs> you can call me the Rain Man of beers. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> 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 
counted those toothpicks really fast. It was completely wrong, but it was impressive how fast he counted them. <laughs> I, I, I'm, it's invoking the same for me, dude. It's very similar, and it's it, it has a likeness to it. Mm-hmm. Where if you were to kind of like pair this in a lineup like we are, it's just going to really stand out. It's going to fucking jump out of the glass. Um, it did so on the smelling notes. It's doing so on the palate. Um, it, this beer is a force to be reckoned with. And uh, I I can't say that anybody else has gone for this flavor profile. No. And I don't trust anybody else going for it. I think Dogfish Head is the, the, they're the brewing company to try to put something like this together. I think that they've done a phenomenal job. It's really awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, it really is. It's it's incredible. It's fucking unique. It's in its own style. And holy fuck. I the fucking tea lingers, the the, the spice lingers all throughout the fucking beer. Uh this is incredible. Do you have a rating for this? I do. Um this is a very complex beer and um not a beer for the untrained palate this is not a beer uh, that's an introductory uh, introductory beer by far there's plenty of beers that we featured here that we gladly boast is like holy shit you can totally introduce um someone who's not into craft beer with this mm-hmm. and this is a standard base level blank stout ipa um sour Wheat beer, white beer, Belgian, whatever the fuck. I will say that the Cali Creamin is a beautiful fucking way to introduce people into a cream ale. It is, but I mean, give them this. I was expecting to compare this to Cali Creamin off the bat. Mother Earth set the fucking standard for cream ales. They absolutely have. And then I was like, okay, this is going to be similar to that style. They're going to try to fucking make... Dogfish, this is Dogfish's head's attempt at the Cali creaming. And it's not. They just completely took a fucking left turn. Completely, yes. And it's fucking beautiful in its fucking own right, dude. Holy fuck. I'm going to say that the Campfire Amplifier went for the, went for like a comparison to the High Water Brewing Company's Campfire Stout. They wanted to be in the same conversation. With the costumes and karaoke, they didn't want to be a fucking comparison. They didn't want to be a, oh, wow, this tastes like fucking blank. This is what I expected from the Campfire Stout. Same. Same. Like, you know that standard that fucking Dogfish Dogfish Head has set for themselves? Yeah. That's what I expected the Campfire Stout to do. Absolutely. And this did it. Yes, they did. Um, This, um, I have my rating right now. In terms of an Imperial Cream Ale... Um, I'm, I think this comes in at a 9.5 for me. I kind of want to give it a 10 and that last 0.5 is in hopes that this somehow finds its way into a barrel for <laughs> some fuckery's sake. Yeah. For some fuckery's sake, because I've never had a fucking barrel aged cream ale before. That's never happened. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody that's going to do it, it's going to be dogfish head and it's going to be with this recipe here. Um, I think that this pairs really well with like a whiskey barrel aging because it would kind of like what I'm thinking here. I'm thinking like a hot toddy. Have you ever had a hot toddy before? Mm. It's, um, it's, it's cinnamon and whiskey 
and apple juice. Okay. And um, and then it's hot. Yeah, it's and you're supposed over to have like it hot, hot apple juice. Yeah. Yeah, and and you have this like lovely fucking like um um ethanol punch from the whiskey and you have this like lovely spiciness from the cinnamon and you have this wonderful fucking sweetness from the apple juice all comes up together all comes up to like a beautiful fucking holiday drink i think you can achieve that with a whiskey barrel aging here and have an absolute fucking monster 10 um you already made a 9.5 in my books uh imperial cream ale fuck me this is something else 9.5 mm-hmm uh, it's going to be 9.5 for me as well. I would like to see us in a barrel, but n- I'm not going to say whiskey. I'm going to say bourbon. Mm. Um, bourbon because of the vanilla, like oak, nice. French oak, buttery nice. taste that it's going to impart on nice. the fucking beer. Nice. Just, oh my God, that would fucking blow this shit out of the fucking water. Uh, it's going to give it more ABV. It's going to give it just this buttery, silky taste to it. The whole way through, did you think that this is an eight percenter? No, not just at to, all. Just to fucking throw that out there. Yeah, it's not there. You're not tasting that. The eight eight percent ain't nothing to fucking shake a stick at. It it's not coming through here. Lovely. Yep. Holy fuck. I love the idea of bourbon barrel aging. I love that butter, white oak, um, spice, spice, um, uh, like sp- specifically white oak. It really has a lovely fucking way to like shoot white pepper out of it too. Yep. And I think that that white pepper, fuck, you're a fucking fool. Um, the white pepper is going to play completely into the star anise, which is more mm. of a fucking um, uh, uh, oriental. I don't know if I'm being politically incorrect. I'm not trying to be. Chinamans. <laughs> <laughs> more of a Chinaman's um, spice profile. Um, yeah. Start there's there's something <laughs> called a f- there's something called five spice. Oh, dude, add some MSG on here. <laughs> <laughs> Pair it with some fucking Mandarin chicken. <laughs> yeah, dude. You can't say orange because that's trademarked by fucking Panda Express. Those motherfuckers. Get some rice wine vinegar in here. <laughs> Get some fucking soy sauce and some hoisin sauce and some oyster sauce. You got yourself a base for a barbecue oriental sauce right here. A Chinaman's barbecue sauce. Chinaman's barbecue sauce, yeah. I think we just do that and then market it as such. Nice. Chinaman's barbecue sauce. (laughs) Um, No, dude, I love that call out. I love the white oak um, because definitely white oak, it it imparts uh, white, white pepper and white pepper and star anise work so well together in the culinary world. And, um, yeah, just a fucking big applause to Dogfish Head because this is what we expect from them. This is the caliber of beer that we expect from them. Yep. 9.5 from me. 9.5 from me. Beautiful. We're going to open up to the first topic of today's episode. First talk... First talking, fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking guy. Okay. First topic. First topic of today's podcast. Um, I, I want to introduce to you the concept of don't try. Hmm. <laughs> okay. It'll come as no surprise to you. <laughs> Let's just end it here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. We this has just, been episode ninety. This has been the entire project coming to a fucking. <laughs> Uh, a fucking no. 
no, no, a fucking no. fart of, <laughs> of an ending. what it was initially. <laughs> so. It was a fart entirety, but now it comes to a fucking wet fart. Now it comes with the <laughs> surprise at the end <laughs> exactly. that you weren't expecting. <laughs> exactly. Because you're old and you have no control of your fucking sphincter. <laughs> you don't have control of your bowels anymore. <laughs> your sphincter can't fucking tell you if you have a shit piece particle there or not <laughs> that's the fucking practical joke <laughs> hey surprise you're, you're old, old. <laughs> <laughs> hey dude my back hurts every every once in a while surprise <laughs> you're old <laughs> like if i stand if i stand somewhere for two and a half hours yeah. my back hurts <laughs> <laughs> That's some bullshit, bro. And it's not even like it hurts. Like, oh, cool. Like, I'm just going to change position. No, no, no. No, It's going to hurt until I, like, go through whatever the fuck I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then lay down and fall asleep. And then it's the next day. And then I feel okay. Yeah. Otherwise... Throughout the initial, until it my hurts back from hurts, fucking sleeping too long. Until sleeping, <laughs> until I fall asleep. Until you fall asleep and then you wake up from sleeping too long and your back's hurting. <laughs> because you slept on your side, yeah. even though your body's used to sleeping on its fucking fat belly. <laughs> a lot of cushion there, bro. Hey, dude, it's, it's so comfortable. support. Really comfortable. <laughs> your back's like, nah, I'm not supposed to be used like this yeah you dumb fuck <laughs> fuck for this long yeah. i'm not supposed to be used like this for this long so no as soon as don't try to stand up this is hilarious and it like really went into like something that it wasn't supposed to be about yeah. and it's highlighting things that are are unfortunately <laughs> it is because i i hate that i hate that because this is something that just happened like as of two and a half weeks from now like two two and a half weeks ago. Okay, like I, you're looking into the fucking future. Now. <laughs> this is something that happens in the relatively near future. Yeah. This is bullshit. Time is circular. Everything is happening. <laughs> oh. Yeah, what you're experiencing now, you're gonna experience fucking two weeks from now as well. Actually, you might that back pain does not go away, and you might experience it with like one slight deviation. Mm. Like now, fucking um, uh, it's not. It's not like Disney's Aladdin. Mm -hmm. Now it's Disney Aladdin. Like it's oh, just God, you're still gonna Mandela have back pain, motherfucker. You're still gonna have back pain. <laughs> it's but just the funnier. title. <laughs> the title of that movie is different now, mm -hmm. forever. Like these are like definitely circular time. That, um, it's gonna happen uh, two and a half weeks from now. Maybe I'm speaking for you as the viewer or listener. Um, you in the future? For me, for me, it Fuck just fucking guy. started happening. <laughs> It's just something that just started happening. Just something that I realized. And it's really shitty. Um, uh, thank you for bringing that up as um, a side topic. And we'll delve into that plenty. Okay. The main topic. The first topic. Don't try. Um, no surprise to you. Charles Bukowski is... Uh, one of my favorite uh, writing voices mm. in uh, the history of American authorship. Um, I don't know anybody else that's as big of a fan of his voice than you, sir. We both kind of seem to really 
um, enjoy this 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 voice, this this character. And um, it's very like it's very like um, whereas melodrama would bring some kind of fucking um, relief. Okay. Uh, Bukowski doesn't bring you any of this. Yeah. It's just fucking cold stone, like like fucking stone cold. That's what I'm trying to say. Stone cold truth. Mm. Um, he like peers into the human psyche and our habits and our um, downfalls. So um, with with such a critical eye that it's stinging sometimes kind of seems like a fucking uh, a smack you know uh sometimes i love his voice he's he's great he's he's honest and he's uh he's full of pain and uh he obviously led a long and experienced lifetime and I, i'm i'm gonna share with you that his tombstone reads don't try um, Bukowski, <clears throat> Bukowski started writing at the age of 20, uh, in his twenties, he continued to write and throughout his young adulthood, he continued to pursue this and he never really found any, um, success with this. He yeah. never really did find success. He was kind of just like published in a few literary magazines. Like he had like a like some small segments here and there that got published, but um, he was never really recognized as um, a writer in in like a larger caliber. He worked throughout his life in like the post office as like some kind of like post office clerk kind of deal. And it wasn't until the age of 49 that one of his works of art was published. His 49. Yeah. When when his like first um, work was um, put into print by a publishing company. Like I, I say it that way to like bring gravity to that. So you say there's a chance. <clears throat> Correct. Because um, 49 is like the tail end of what any um, individual would consider like the traditional At that um, time, career for that course. Matter. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, now people say fucking 50 is the new 30. Sure, sure. Because they want you to work longer and not retire at 65. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. They want to continue <laughs> squeezing the life ass. force yeah. out of you. They, they, they don't like the idea of you retiring at 55 anymore nope. and having plenty of life to enjoy the fucking ever-living shit out of your life's hard work. Maybe, <laughs> Guess what, assholes? Maybe 65. Maybe a new 30. <laughs> yeah, maybe 65 and maybe 60 is a new 50 and maybe 75 <laughs> by the fucking time that you and I are worthy of any kind of non-existent social security. Yep. Right? Let this audio file go down into history to fucking commemorate the idea of us working until we're 70 goddamn motherfucking five. Yeah, we won't get any recognition for this podcast until we're about 49. <sighs> hey, <laughs> just a fucking decade and a half to go, yep. huh? <laughs> Motherfuckers. Um, this guy, he just kept 
doing it decades into him trying to fucking do the damn thing and not being recognized and like um you can only imagine what fucking like two decades worth of pouring your life and soul and energy into a passion project looks like and not achieving success until you're 49 and I'm going to phrase I'm going to frame it the same way as I did a few minutes ago at the tail end of what most common individuals would deem uh like normal career path right that's the time that you're supposed to be like retiring for like most people in their heads or like at your peak or at your most indisposable let's call it he just fucking got his first book published at that age and that's incredible to me um, I'm going to segue into this. I'm going to segue into, um, there was a letter that he wrote to an author and I can't remember his name and I feel like a piece of shit for not remembering his name, but it's a letter letter from Bukowski to another author and a fellow friend that's documented and you can search for it and find it. And he talks about... <sighs> He talks about the fact that most writers go into writing for the fucking wrong reasons. He says in the letter, he says something to the, to the likes of um, most writers go into it because they want to achieve fame or most want a fortune. They want to become rich. Mo most of them want the attention from the girl with the blue bow in her hair. <laughs> Okay. They want to get the fame, the fortune, or the girl. Which is mostly the reason why men do anything anyway, right? Correct. It's the reason pyramids were built. And he says, it's when things happen at their best, when um, we have not chosen writing, but writing has chosen us. Mm-hmm. It's when you're mad with it. It's when it's stuffed into your eardrums and into your nostrils. And it is crammed underneath your fingernails. It's when there is no hope except for that. It's something along the lines that he tells this other author. Now, I'm going to go with um, a little off topic. But Ozymandias, when you were asked as a child what your favorite color was, can you put yourself in that mental space? Yep. Ozymandias, what's your favorite color? Blue. We offered our answer with ease. My answer was blue. And um, we offered it with ease and it came naturally to us. And we might have thought that it was a choice, but when you actually fucking inspect it, it isn't a choice necessarily. Not as far as I think it to be. We can describe why. We can describe the details as to why we like this color, but we can't choose it. We don't choose it. Okay. 
it's in the same idea that I feel that if you have to try to like something, if you have to try to want it, maybe you neither like it nor want it in reality. If you have to try. None of this is to say that you have to try to um, like or be something so that you can be good at it or so that it could be fulfilling to you or so that it could be something in terms of success or passion or desire or ambition. It's not to say that it's easy because it's not. It's more to say that if in the face of rejection and hardship, the amount of uh, pain that you go through doesn't feel worth it, then maybe it isn't something that you actually care about. And maybe it's not something that you actually want. Maybe it's not your favorite color. It is to say, all of this, to say that if the pain of rejection and hardship and toil is less than the pain of having a life where you never tried to have that terrifies you, then maybe it is here that Bukowski would say, try. And if you're going to try, go all the way. Find what you love. Let it kill you. Hmm. <laughs> um, this is uh, recited from uh, a writing that I made for my employees the um, last day that I worked at my uh, previous occupation. I have... Um, as of a week and a half ago, I have quit my occupation to pursue um, my life's passion, I suppose, at the moment. My goal, my dream, the thing that makes me passionate, the thing that fulfills me. And if it comes from you and it comes to you and it comes through you, then maybe you should try. Hmm. Maybe find the things that come through you. Almost as if you're not trying. I mean, that's harder than... It's hard. It's easier said than done, right? Um, because what exactly is passion? Um, it's loving something, right? It certainly seems like it. Mm, but... 
it also has to love you. Um, that that's the that's the part of it where I want to like really put that <clears throat> interjection of it where it's not to say like I'm not saying any of this yeah. to say that it's gonna come easy to you. Yeah, because I could, I love playing or, the guitar, or that you don't have to try. But my fat fingers say otherwise. Or that you're going to be the greatest at it. Mm. I'm not saying that either. I'm not saying you're going to be the greatest at it. Like, I don't want to say any of that here. Then what are you striving for? If you're not striving to be great, then what are you striving for? You're following, the, as cheesy as it sounds, you're following your heart. You're following your fucking passion, your desire. It's it's not within the fucking like framing of you're going to be the exact best of this. It's that you are going to be your most natural and honest self. It's that you're going to be you. And 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 again, super cheesy and like uh, fucking egregiously. Mm-hmm. Um there's only one of you. There's only one iteration of you in this parallel universe that exists with like other Mandela effects. (laughs) There's only this iteration of you. So you get to be the fucking you, the most you that you fucking can. And you get to share that. It's so gay. (laughs) You get to share that. And, and, and that's, what's awesome about it. I'm going to share another fucking quote with you from Franz Kafka. And it's the fucking guy. I've told you, like you need to read his books. There's one of them where he like turns into a fucking beetle and he's just a beetle for the fucking whole book and his family fucking hates him and despises him and thinks of him as a fucking parasite and all this shit. His style is so ugly and like um, uh, forces you to like self-evaluate that it's been deemed its own fucking genre. It's Kafka-esque. There's a quote from this motherfucker where he says, I was disappointed when I showed up to the world with my false mask and I understood or no with my real fit that's what it is it's I was disappointed when I presented myself to the world with my real face <clears throat> and found out that everybody is wearing a fake one think about the disappointment of that You stepped out into the world being your most honest and natural self and found out that everybody is pretending to be something they're not. How do you determine this? (sighs) Like, how can you look at somebody and think the way they're, what I'm seeing and the way they're acting, it's not who they are. I think specifically when we when we talk about observing people in like social constraints, um, I I completely phrase that in a way to like already fucking deliver the message. Do we have a lot of people walking around, acting and looking and talking and thinking the way that they're supposed to think? I'm going to give you one piece of advice from my previous boss. 
And I think that carries weight with it. Because you know who my previous boss is. Some asshole? Some fucking ass face <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> that I fucking love. And I love him for these words. One of his one of his parting words that was most impactful to me. He said, "Don't fucking chase a fucking salary position ever again. Salaried positions are made to keep us complacent." That's what he said. Mm-hmm. This this comes from uh, um, a, a gentleman who is working a six-figure salaried position. He is successful by any stretch of the goddamn imagination in the Western world, and for that fact, anywhere in the fucking world. This man is successful, and he looked at me, and on my fucking parting day, he told me, don't ever chase a salary position. It is what is constructed to make people complacent. And I think that's really powerful. And it really fucking goes together with all the theme of this is <sighs> if you have to be pretending to fucking care about it, you don't fucking really care about it. Follow the thing that you actually fucking care about and try to make it your own. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I know not everybody could do this too. No, like I know I know that. No, some people are made for salary positions. Some people are made I get that. to clean bathrooms. Some people are made to flip Shit, burgers. Dude. Some people are made to fucking, you know. Um, <clears throat> we were looking at just a little bit ago, um, some fucking like random thought I wrote on a piece of paper and I took a picture of and posted it ten years ago on my Instagram, right? Um. And he said, you are still the same person you were then. Uh, and you're like, we call that nihilism now. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But it, just as you're you're speaking, it, it reminds me of uh, previous writings that I used to do over MySpace. And one of the things I remember most of the billion posts I posted on MySpace that disappeared that I'm never going to fucking see again. Um, what I remember the most of one of the things I wrote was we aren't all, we aren't all, we can't be all destined for greatness. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of conditioned into the idea that we can be whatever we want to be. Choose your path. Do what makes you happy. But I don't think we can all do that. And I don't think we can all try to do that. And I don't think we're all mm. afforded the liberty to do that. I'm I'm going to challenge you in the we can all try to do that. I can say that we can all try to do that. I don't think so. I think so. Uh, I don't think my mom was able to. I think she was put in a position where she had to do what she had to do. And it's not necessarily what made her happy. It's just what she had to do. She was born in a household with... Six other siblings. Uh, dad was gone. Mom was working, working for a dollar a day in a fucking impoverished fucking country. Um, and she remembers complaining to her mom, saying, "You're not, you're not a good mom because you're never here with us. You're not loving. You're not caring." And my grandma's response to that was, 
I could I, I could either love you or feed you. So my grandma chose to feed them, and it was my mom's responsibility to raise every fucking child in that fucking house, take care of the child, the ch- other children in the house. It's not something that made her happy. It's something she had to do. She was born in a situation where she had to do that. She had to leave her country at fucking the age of 17, go to another country where she knew she was going to make more money. She came here and started working and sending money back to fucking Mexico because the family needed the money to fucking survive. It's, she no, wasn't afforded no, the liberty to do what she wanted to do. None of it is to say that she couldn't try to follow something that she was passionate about. <laughs> none mean, of it. None of it. With what time? None of it. None of it. None <laughs> of it. Like, she could have fucking liked, and I know it's going to sound like, um, I don't know, fucking on the nose or something, mm-hmm. but maybe she fucking really liked to make tamales. And she could have pursued making fucking tamales for herself. For her own being and like <laughs> supporting herself this way. Like these are like that that's an example in these things. Like you can try and it's not to say that it's, it's gonna come easy, it's not gonna say No, because there gonna, was no safety. You're gonna be blanket. the great of it, you're gonna be the greatest work with what's available to you directly available to you or starve. For sure. I think we just had a conversation about Pink Floyd Sid Barrett off mic. Mm-hmm. And it was um, a very long-winded one, but it came to the conclusion of um, there are people that are willing to pursue their passions at um, no matter the cost. I don't think that's what happened to this guy. I think he was given the opportunity to pursue his passion, and he fucking got fame and didn't know what the fuck to do with it, and he disparaged his opportunity to fucking pursue his passion and he fucking lost everything, and he ended up where he is now, not in a pursuit of passion, but in the midst of losing everything he had. I think um I think it was exactly the success that brought forth the conditions that made his mental health decline and that was the fucking cost of greatness for him. I I know that these are like two opposing fucking ideals here, but that's the way that we do it on the wasted content. Um <laughs> fucking A. I think I think that I think that these are the prices to pay um almost fucking um laterally. I think al- almost in, like in conjunction with in the pursuit of greatness he got to a spot where he let his foot off the pedal. And he was complacent with what he had and was afforded something he had never had before, which is fucking money. And money, with money comes a lot of fucking responsibility. People with money will tell you, you don't want to, you don't want my problems. More money, more problems. That's fair. That's fair. Because in all of this, I also said um, that Bukowski mentions going into it for the wrong reasons. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think he got to a position he couldn't fucking handle. Yeah. Fair enough. It wasn't a price he paid. It was just... It was what came with it, and he wasn't able to handle it. So speaking of coming on to fame mm-hmm. and fortune, we'll see. We're going to see how <laughs> Dogfish Head has handled greatness okay. <laughs> with our third beer in the lineup. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Next beer in the lineup. <laughs>
Last beer in the lineup. Last beer in the lineup. You're right. We usually do four beers here, but with Dogfish's um, credence in the mm. craft beer community, and with the lineup that we had planned here, the amount of bourbon uh, we drank. Dude, no. <laughs> well, there was that. There was that. There was bourbon in between. Uh, we found it appropriate to end it on a third beer, and I couldn't think of a fucking better beer to end a short fucking lineup with. Um, there's a fucking absolute fucking beast of a beer out there that only a select few have ever encountered. Um, if you've gotten a pour of this, you're a lucky motherfucker. And if you have ever bought a bottle of it, you're a fucking snob. <laughs> um, the third beer in the lineup is the Utopia's Barrel Age Worldwide Stout. This is the worldwide stout, which is already renowned for its rarity, for its scarcity. Mm. The regular version of the worldwide stout is going to fucking run you a solid 40 bucks as a four pack. God if damn. you find it, it's going to run you a solid 13 to $15 per 12 ounce bottle. Yikes. If you find it. These are all conditional on you being in the proximity of you being able to have access to the distribution of this beer. This is just to lay credence. So even to, if you wanted it and your heart desired it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chances are yeah. that you might not attain it. Okay. Correct. Yeah, cool. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so don't yes. Go, don't try. <laughs> Fucking try. And maybe you're going to be one of the fucking ones. Nah, don't try. And Leave it for us that are trying. And, yeah. <laughs> and if you're one of those that's trying, then maybe you're going to fucking come up across a fucking crazier variant of that mm. fucking scarce beer. Yeah. And it's that beer aged in Utopia's barrels. <laughs> now, Utopia's, uh, this project is no stranger to that word, to that beer, to that lifestyle. Um, we have featured some fucking bombs here and at the fucking crest of all of the beers that we've ever had comes the Samuel Adams Utopias. 28% ABV, $258 a pop mm -hmm. for a 16.9, uh, 16.9 fluid ounce bottle. If you are so lucky to get your hands on it, at that price even, you will gladly spend 300 400 500 plus. Yep. Because we have seen it mm -hmm. online. There's people spending up upwards of $500, $600 a bottle for this. The Utopia. Now, the idea to age a beer... And something that has spent 20 plus years in a barrel. Incredible. Why the fuck has it not been done yet? Third beer in the lineup. The culmination yep. of this fucking dogfish head um, Boston Beer Company bullshit, right? Thursday, May 9th, 2019. 
Quote, Dogfish Head. We are excited to share the news today that we have agreed to merge Dogfish Head with our longtime friends in beer, the Boston Beer Company. As one of the pioneering and iconic players in the U.S. craft beer scene, Boston Beer is best known for the Samuel Adams brand. The company's portfolio includes Angry Orchard, Hard Cider, Twisted Tea, Truly Spiked Sparkling Waters. We are excited to combine our own superpowers in the beer, spirits, and off-centered experience worlds with Boston's superpowers in building strong, diverse, innovative brands in craft beer and beyond beer. Um, there's a lot more to this. I'm not going to fucking have you bear through it. But that was 2019, May 9th, 2019. Yikes. We have here in front of us the Utopia's Barrel Age Worldwide Stout. This is the third beer in the lineup, and it comes in at a 17.2% ABV. And it is, to no surprise... Brewed and bottled by Dogfish Head Craft Brewery in collaboration with the Boston Beer Company. Uh, let's see if we have a fucking descriptor here. It says Beer Geekery Info. We have a read here. Mm. The experience of drinking utopias is often described as ritualistic. Rare, often rumored about in the darkest corners of the beer community. This variety of worldwide stout is dark, rich, roasty, and complex. 17.2 ABV. And we have some food pairings here that I'm not going to bother going over. Because they're, they're, they're really, it's just a picture of food. It's not even like a dish. <laughs> it's like a bowl of soup. Okay. Um, a, a turkey leg. Could be chowder. Maybe like a cake, some kind of cake, maybe like a berry on top of the cake. Mm. And then like a rib. I don't know if that's a beef rib or a fucking pork rib. Um, I'll have you be the judge. Looks like um, a brontosaurus. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, the, uh, right up top of that, there's a little fucking inscription of what what is a utopia's bottle and it says aged in samuel adams utopia's barrels again we're no strangers to the utopias the the utopias is <clears throat> uh, purportedly the most expensive beer in the world and uh yeah it comes at a fucking high price tag and it does so justifiably it's no longer a beer it's more of a fucking cognac port wine really fine spirit yeah we've had it here we've shared it and uh we finally have a beer in front of us that has been aged in it yeah this is what we were talking about earlier where it fucking makes sense yes boston beer company collaboration with dogfish head of course yeah of course they're gonna fucking barrel shit in utopias i mean this is like the culmination of like both brewing companies um fucking pioneer fucking crest Cream of the crop mm-hmm. fucking passion projects here in a bottle. So I will waste no more time in introducing this beer. We're going to pop this. 
we're going to fucking get to see what the fuck we're working with. The beer is poured out. We have an illustrious beer poured in front of us, Hazimandias. Yes, we do. Let's get to some smelling notes. Mm. I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm gonna have to have you take the lead on this one. What? Yeah. T- t- please take the lead on this. Mm. I'm getting a lot of spirit. A lot of spirit that's reminiscent of the Utopia Cognac Port. That we fucking know and love here. Completely. Um, there's some malt. There's some like dark, 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 dark chocolate here coming through. But it's all fucking spirit mostly, bro. <laughs> Holy fuck. How they managed to get so much utopias on here is incredible. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to have us get us into it, dude. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Hey, happy 22 to you, brother. Happy 22 Prosperous to you, Prosperous 22 to, to you, too, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, here we go. Yum. It's a barrel-aged stout. Yeah. First and foremost, it's a warmth that is coming very, very specifically from the Utopias. <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> it's like that sweet cognac-y taste. Holy fuck. There's roastiness. There's there's chocolate. There's vanilla. And Utopia. Utopia, 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 all the way Thank through. you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's tr- it's trying to do a lot of things and it's accomplishing doing all of them. Mm-hmm. But um, in the midst of uh, doing chocolate and vanilla and caramel and toffee and wood and smoke and char and leather and port. Utopia, utopia, utopia. This thing isn't a essence or a hint of utopia. No. It is fucking utopia, dude. This is a utopia's stout. Yep. What the fuck? It almost <laughs> seems like whenever they poured this into those barrels, it picked up the angel's share of utopia that was left over. Legit. And just was sitting around in this fucking mug right now. I imagine that the fucking barrels of Utopias are like so heavily imparted with that flavor yeah. because it's it's just such a fucking specific flavor. Mm-hmm. I imagine that those staves are so penetrated with that that you could pour anything into it and fucking draw Utopias from it. Yeah, especially given the amount of time they're aged. Yeah, dude. It's, it's 28 years yep. usually. That's crazy. 
That's crazy for even like the best of fucking scotches or brandies <laughs> or fucking whiskeys. Correct, dude. You're happy to have eight or twelve year. Twenty one is a luxury, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. So you're having something that's been aged in a barrel that has previously aged something in a barrel for twenty eight years around. It's it's intense. It's nuts. Um, this is otherworldly. I I I couldn't think of a culmination grander for like the melding of one brewing company to another right. than this here that we have in front of us. This is the culmination of craft beers excellence in one bo- in one twelve ounce bottle. Mm-hmm. The the culmination of craft beers excellence over the past two decades. It's fucking astounding. They didn't do it in a way where they dishonored either beer. The Worldwide Stout is renowned for its high ABV and for its scarcity. We featured that. We had a dogfish head lineup of um, fucking, uh, what was it? 45 minute, 60 minute. No, 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 I'm sorry. We had 60 minute, uh, 90 minute, 120, 120 minute. Yep. And then we had the Worldwide Stout. <clears throat> I'll also draw your attention to the fact that Dogfish Head's already been fucking around with shit like this. Because if you'll recall, the 120-minute IPA was named the Baby Utopias here. Because we called it, like we said Holy that. Holy shit, that's true. We said this is what Utopias taste like before it even goes into a barrel. No shit. What the fuck? This makes me think that our generation is in store for fucking astounding, incredible fucking craft beer nonsense 28 years from now. <laughs> Why not? Yep. If if people have gladly lined up to fucking pay top dollar for the Samuel Adams Utopias, why the fuck would um, a, a Dogfish Head uh, introduce a base beer? And then come slap us in the face with its <laughs> fucking barrel-aged goodness yep. Um, a fucking few decades from now. Uh, yeah, dude, this beer makes me fucking question everything that um, beer is and uh, what it's deemed to be. Uh, this is fucking just... Phenomenal. It's the shit, bro. This is the shit. This is um, everything that I enjoy about beer and the community of beer and the essence and the flavor and the fucking awesomeness um, in, in, in one bottle, dude. Yep. Utopias, utopias, utopias. All the way through. It's fucking incredible. There's no doubt about it that this is a fucking Boston company beer. And also there's no doubt about it that they fucking one-up themselves through the fucking... Uh, Dogfish Head Company. Holy fuck, dude. Ridiculous. I can't believe I forgot that we named it the Baby Utopias. Yep. Wow. The 120-minute IPA. We were yeah. onto something, man. Yeah, we, we did that before their fucking merger. That's correct. Yeah. And um, this is another moment in like the fucking wasted content credence that it it's really nice. I, I like that. I like that we're able to like call this shit out. There's been plenty of moments where you've called me a fucking, um, 
You just called me that this episode. Rain Man. It was Rain Man of Beer. There's been plenty <laughs> moments where I've told you, fucking great call out. Because yeah. uh, there are things that we could like pick apart about these nectars that are just the things that we've experienced already. Man, we kind of have a lot of experience around mm-hmm. here. So, yeah, dude, it just lends credence to that. Um, this is incredible. I I want to hear a rating from you, man. <laughs> 6.5? No, I'm kidding. Um, this is an absolute 10 from the get-go. From the very fucking first note that I fucking smelled from this beer, it's a fucking 10. Yeah. From the fucking history of this beer, the history of both beers, it's a fucking 10. Yes. The culmination of two fucking phenomenal beers, it's a fucking 10. And then just, just tasting it and having everything from both beers come through. It's phenomenal. It's a fucking solid 10 all the way through. I'm really happy to be able to share this beer with you. Uh, Legit. This is the type of beer that you you only want to share with... um, like loved ones and friends and family and it has to be like a special occasion um yeah this is yeah uh i'm at a loss for words with this beer um i usually have too many words (laughs) and uh yeah dude this is just awesome um this is a 10 for me and we have had 10s and this one is like the crown jewel yeah. of all tens, even above Utopias, because a Utopia is a ten in and of itself. Uh, above, um, a, a leaps and bounds um, ahead of many of the things that we drank here. But <clears throat> this is beautiful. This is fucking synergy. It, it's two brewing companies putting what they're so much passionate about. And um, making it better than the uh, the sum of the parts is greater than the fucking parts themselves. Does that make sense? No. No? I don't think that's the way the saying goes. How does the saying go? Is the sum is greater than its parts. There you go. Yeah. The, that's what the spirit is okay. for me. <laughs> Thank you for that. Okay. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. The sum of the parts is greater than the parts. (laughs) (laughs) The sum the sum is greater than its parts. Uh, Now that you repeat it, it sounds incorrect. (laughs) Right, Right, because it's two on the nose. (laughs) Right, it's like yeah, the sum of the parts is greater. (laughs) What? Of course, some of the parts is greater than the parts. Of course, it is. Yeah. It necessarily is so. Um, That's the heart of the fucking sentiment of that statement, right? Yeah. It's like everything comes together and the it's so much better. The sum is greater than its parts. Yes. The sum <laughs> is greater than its parts. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Philosophers, aren't we? God uh, damn it. <laughs> Sum yes. is greater than its yeah. parts. <laughs> well, the so parts are greater than its sum. So, in conclusion, the parts God. are greater than its sum. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> have to look this up later. No, the sum is greater than the parts, for yeah, sure. Yeah. 
Something like that. Um, We're mathematicians here. <laughs> it's Utopias, motherfucker. And if you haven't ever tasted Utopias, fucking taste Utopias. And if you haven't ever tasted Utopias and you can taste Utopias, taste Utopias, Utopias. Worldwide Stout. You're going to have like a fucking fraction of a percentage of what the fuck it is to experience that. Right. And it is a fucking otherworldly, etherly fucking um, uh, transcending experience in beer. I I think so. That shit's fucking enormous. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a land. It's a it's a landmark. It's a fucking cornerstone. It's a milestone. Um, you have to, mm. if you're passionate about this shit and you want to try all of these wonderful fucking beers that are out there, you have to. And if you can't get your fucking hands on it, look for this motherfucker out here. It's going to offer you a fraction of what the fuck it's like if you weren't able to get your hands on either. Don't try. We were able to get our hands on both. <laughs> Damn it. And then we were able <laughs> to get our hands on uh, the sum. Mm. Ten for me. Ten for me. <laughs> It's fucking in this today. We're gonna end it with this fucking great fucking beer. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, kind of like fucking anything that you have to say after a beer like this just fucking holds no merit, really. I mean, the whole thing about uh, methane was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was, it was funny. <laughs> yeah. You know? I don't know if they would get it, you know? Nah, not at this yeah, point. Yeah, they wouldn't get it. Yeah. They'd fucking deny it, even yeah. if they got it. Yeah. yeah. Fucking little pussies. <laughs> Just accept that we're living in other fucking parallel universes. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Wasted Content, episode 90. (laughs) See you next week. Peace. Yeah. (laughs)